You know where I can score some coke? No. <laughs> no. I <do> not. <laughs> Coca-Cola. I mean, we don't have any in the fridge. We're out. We're fresh out. Damn it. Not I don't do drugs. We're <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> not a sponsor. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> it's Nikki. And Tyler. And this is Paige Turner. And Button Mashers. Oh, my God. Episode 24. Are we? Yeah. 24, really? 24. Isn't that crazy? Holy shit. I know. Uh, Fuck me up right now. Any updates from you as far as, like, businessy goes? No. Well, okay, yes. I officiated my first wedding. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you did. Is there anything I can't do? Yes. Can't drink milk. No. <laughs> That's true. You can't <laughs> drink milk. At least not unless it's lactate. Yeah. I'm okay. learning a lot of shit about me today. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. Um, not that I already don't know a lot about you. <laughs> I was saying them, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I guess we can probably announce that we have a big thing coming up in the next three weeks, I want to say. A big old surprise for you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, uh, yep. we will have... Shall we just say we have someone special yeah. coming on Yeah. in the next couple weeks? Yeah. Uh, if you guys can figure that one out. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. But we are so excited to have them on, and I am so stoked for you to hear what they have to bring to the table. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's all the business that we really have for today. <laughs> Not a lot. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot of business. No. Nah. No, but uh, should we get right into my bookie book? Sure. The bookie book of the day, of the week, of the month, of, of the, the year. Era. Sure. <laughs> he just smacked the shit out of his own leg. <laughs> yeah, it's don't fucking worry. Worry about your own shit, okay? <laughs> but it's funny. No. Um. So this book is called All Our Yesterdays by Kristen Terrell. T e r r i l l. I'm going to go with Terrell. Okay. I don't know why you're asking me. I didn't read it. I know you didn't. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Welcome to the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we begin in a prison cell. <gasps> this girl named M is overly fascinated with her cell dream. What we know about her so far is that she has a friend next door, a boy named Finn. Also that she has been in here for a few months, but we have no idea why. <laughs> yeah. Good. The entirety of the beginning is me going, what the fuck is going on? So that's, that's you get to funny. enjoy that with me. <laughs> and Tyler gets to be just as confused as you all do. Yay, I love confusion. <laughs> His enthusiasm says a lot. So this day, she decided that she was going to figure out the secrets of her dream. That's not a euphemism. She literally wanted to know what was inside of the drain. The fuck's in the drain? <laughs> By sneaking her utensils from her meal to open it. After some manipulation of this plastic spoon, she was able to unscrew the drain, popping it open. Inside, she finds a freezer bag, and inside that, a note. Mostly written all over and lines crossed out, with her name at the top of this letter. She doesn't remember it, but at the bottom it reads, You have to kill him. 
<laughs> then she runs for the toilet and pukes. Because she's like all nervous and, and shit. So she processes what she's read and is like, couldn't possibly. I'm not that cruel. But then her evil ass guard came back for her spoon. Great. She doesn't have it. It's broken. And now she's has a threatening letter. Em is incredibly defiant, but at the hands of someone she calls the doctor, her friend, Finn, is being tortured with electric shocks. Oh. All over a fucking spoon. So, they leave, and she's sobbing because he got tortured over a spoon, and he's like, honestly, I'm fine, it could have been worse. They were, they were, English is not a good language for me. Today, they at least. <laughs> reminisced a bit, and she blurted out that she was going to kill him. He knew, but she meant it this time. Oh. Yeah, uh, we're still figuring out what the fuck is going on at this point, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so things develop, and you find out that they have to go to the quote-unquote fourth, where he hasn't developed a formula yet. And he won't be strong enough to fight back if they are successful. The proverbial he is not told yet. Okay. So, keep up. <laughs> <laughs> also, that they keep doing this, since this is one of 14 versions of herself and Finn. You lost yet? Because I am. Yeah, it'll make more sense later, I promise. I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't remember every single version of herself. Okay. She contemplated multiple ways to get out of the jail, but she was soon visited by someone called the director. Mm. He restrains her and asks where the documents are. Since she knows she can't tell them, because if she does, tell them that she and Finn would die. After the interrogation, she lay in her cell when a guard named Connor is there to release her and Finn. Oh. Em and Finn share a kiss, because apparently I thought they were just friends at the beginning. I'm shocked, and they are... The fuck is happening? <laughs> so much, man. So much. So they are rushed out of the jail with the news that Cassandra is waiting for them. Not Cassandra. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your level of confusion was the same as mine. Okay. Because I listened to the audiobook of this, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? How is this going to make any sense to anybody? Who the fuck's Cassandra? <laughs> is Cassandra? Who is M? Who is Finn? Why are they? What world is this? <laughs> <laughs> but the doctor cuts them off. Fuck. I know. <laughs> so far, what you do know is Connor's a good guy on the bad guy's side. The doctor's bad. The director's bad. M and Finn are our heroes. Okay? And they're they're just a thing. They're, they're a, apparently a thing. They're yeah. a, uh, what's, they're an item. They are an item. Isn't that what the fucking term is? When they're two people are together? Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of go with the fact that we're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, the doctor cuts them off, and Connor does his best to distract him quickly. It worked, and they keep going. They did have to kill a couple of guards, but besides that, they were able to escape pretty okay. With the news that the world has still been in absolute chaos, and Connor asking if they know that they can fix the world as it is. So they jump into a time machine. The Cassandra, Cassandra is a time machine. And head to January 4th, four <laughs> years before that day. Okay. But 
they disguised it as the seventh because they didn't want the doctor to find out what's going on. I am so sorry, you guys. This is a I really don't like this. You're this... gonna like it. No, <laughs> I actually refuse to at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this gonna get worse. Anyway, they arrived to January fourth, four years before their time. Of course. And as they arrived, there was an entire group of soldiers waiting for them. Why wouldn't there be? Well. I accidentally wrote this wrong because I was still trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Ah. <laughs> what ended up happening was a group of soldiers came in after them, but oh. they managed to time travel before anything bad happened. Ah, okay. And the Great. doctor was already ready for them to try and do this shit. Oh, sneaky bitch. But before the doctor could do anything, the room exploded. I saw that coming. You, you saw an explosion coming? Oh, yes. When does anybody ever see an explosion coming? Explosion experts. <laughs> Demolition experts, that's the word. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. I'm having a day, guys. <laughs> so, four years earlier, two another perspective is introduced. Wait, okay. So, they tried to teleport, but then people, doctor was already there? Uh, doctor came in with guards after them. Okay. And they managed to teleport right as a bomb exploded. Okay. In that room. Where okay. Cassandra was. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah, keep going. Okay. So, four years earlier. Yes. New perspective. New perspective. We are introduced to a girl named Marina. Marina. Yes. There's a lot of teen girl things and family things, so I'm skipping that. That's an entire chapter that I give zero fucks about. Thank you. <laughs> and it's, it's literally just a whole chapter of a girl who likes a guy, and it's a lot of high school drama featuring 16-year-olds, and I was just like, bleh, make it stop. We've already gone over this in many of the books we've read. <laughs> Next book isn't any better. Oh, God. <laughs> so back to M and Finn. Yeah. They survive. Great. they were celebrating, then nearly got shot by a younger version of Connor. What? Yeah. So M showed him a pic of his future wife, and she explained how this traveling thing work. Okay. Uh, okay, so their goal in coming back to the past is to destroy Cassandra, the time machine, and prevent people from destroying the world with it. Of course. Uh, essentially preventing Cassandra from ever being built. I mean, why not? It's, it's absolute chaos. They actually explain it in the book that it's like, oh, yeah, so you know how <laughs> we typically were okay with China? Well, we waged war on China. You know what they should have like, You know what they should have said on the back of the book? Do you like not understanding anything? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come together, I promise. I don't believe you. <laughs> the sad part is he really does it. <laughs> Uh, this is common if a... Welcome to ADHD brain, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they know that if they do succeed in preventing Cassandra from being built, they will never be able to go home. Mm -hmm. But they knew more so that this was something that had to happen. So they were taken again to where their old cells were. Were? Were? Wow. <laughs> cells were... And she saw her drain again, but this time, you know, walls don't exist there. Oh. Yeah, so they're like in this old basement facility of the facility, but it, 
everything from four years later just does not exist there. Ah. So they hoped that this was the last chance they needed to kill the person they needed to. She dropped her note in the drain again, just in case. Then they go back to Connor's home, get some good food for the first time in ages, and then get ready to go. She tells him her safe passphrase, and they left. Here's my safe word. Basically. <laughs> so she's like, uh, he, if you need to know anything, um, I had an imaginary friend named something or other, and this is how I get you get me to trust you if, you know, this doesn't go well again. Uh-uh. Okay, reminder, he saved her Okay. in the future. Yeah. She told him that in the past so he could save her in the future. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of time tra- traveling shit. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, they keep traveling back in time, apparently. And at this point, I should tell you some major things. Yeah. Uh, I think M is Marina. They keep showing a time before everything went to hell because you need to understand that Finn and Marina know each other well. And Marina has a thing for James, a brilliant kid who graduated high school at 13 as was well into his PhD by 16. Never trust a Marina. You're going to like this Marina. <laughs> okay. M seems to keep going back to this moment where James's brother is about to speak at the DNC. So, the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. So, as James's brother, Nate, is going to give a speech, mm-hmm. a gun goes off. Nate's been shot. Huh. In front of a whole crowd. So, Nate is a congressman. Very forward. Very progressive. It's very necessary that you know this okay yeah so marina helped james get to the front of the crowd to help his brother he ended up going with his brother in the ambulance then she remembered the day that james and nate buried their parents good memory the day that she watched james basically fall apart the first time okay uh finn came to help her she was mad at first but he explained that he tried to chase the gunman And he comforted Marina, but she was concerned only about James. James is the doctor. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what? Just keep going with it. I'll catch up eventually, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. This is very confusing. So as they arrived at the hospital, they were already at a candlelight vigil for Nate. Yeah. It was like, boom, candlelight vigil. Of course. Finn and Marina find a way to James and find out that Nate is in surgery. He doesn't know if his brother will pull through their only goal though was to take care of james all right however the news wasn't good uh they were able to stabilize nate but he had a 50 50 chance of living through the next couple of days they just didn't know how james would take this em and finn strategized how they would be able to pull off whatever task that they had Mm -hmm. em knew that she had to finish the task she hated him even and knew even what she hated him and knew that it had to happen to make sure Consadra was never made. And was going to make sure that Marina could have a good life. Okay. And they waited outside the front of the hospital waiting for him to come out. Then she takes aim and tries to make a shot at James. Of course. And gets thrown back and everything shits, shifts around her. Shits. <laughs> everything just shits. <laughs> everything just shits around her. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when everyone just pauses and shits themselves. Oh god, guys, what? I don't know what just happened, guys. I am so sorry. We're having a time today, guys. It's it's a moment. Thank you for sticking with us. So, M gets thrown back by the gunshot, and then everything fades around her, and she basically blacks out and has a vision of her past as marina where she meets james for the first time as a kid um it was really fucking weird and then she wakes up and finn's like dude we have to go you you missed like we have to we have to go you missed you fucking missed so marina actually heard this shot from inside of the hotel of the hotel of the (laughs) Hospital. Why the fuck did I write hotel? That's funny. It's a shit show today, guys. (laughs) She was freaking out and saw the woman and man run. Hmm. James is fine, and the officers helped him up, but she thought she was hallucinating, knowing that James just had been shot at. So, Marina found James and hugged him tight. He wasn't perfectly fine, though. He was bleeding. Yeah. And... he just got cut on the back of the head. It's no biggie. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I was like, like damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's what happens when you get shot. You just start bleeding. But he didn't. He was fine. Meanwhile. What a trooper. M is angry at herself for missing. But Finn calls her out for jerking away. She was literally aiming at him and went, whoop. Just missed. Ugh. So he asked what she saw in her vision and she explained. She was like, he was totally himself again. Before he was the doctor. So, that was her reasoning for missing. Oh, shit. I know. Fucking, I'm still confused, but I'm going with it. (laughs) Sounds intense. It is intense. Sounds cool. (laughs) So, inside of the hospital, (laughs) Marina was getting questioned about what the shooters look like. And she was like, they look like me and Finn, but, like, older. And they look different. They were like... You're crazy. All right, that's enough. (laughs) Okay, bye. So the detective brought her and Finn into a hospital break room. Of course. Then asked again. She was like, no, I saw two people who looked like me and Finn. One of them shot at James. And they were like, okay, cool, but uh, now we want to know what happened at the convention. Mm. Right? Yeah. Uh, So they relayed... Well, Finn relayed what he saw because it happened right next to Marina. She didn't remember. Yeah. She just knew that, boom, he goes down. That's it. So then they were allowed to see James, who only had a couple of stitches. Then they were allowed to see Nate, who was ridiculously fragile, attached to, like, all of the machines. They left him for a bit, and Marina got a nap in. Then they went in to ask James to leave the hospital for a bit, just to get some rest. But before she leaves, Marina is given a yellow legal pad that James was writing on. It had notes including the words, is this what was missing on it? Hmm. Not a fan of that. Yeah, I know. So M was thinking super hard about the fact that she missed and how it's super possible that she wasn't actually ready to kill him. How much she still loved the boy that he had been. Hmm. Okay, again, M is Marina. Yeah, uh, they traveled yeah, back okay, in time. Yep. James I, is her friend, and this time frame. I get it. Okay. <laughs> click, click, click. There you go. As 
Finn went to go find something, M watched her younger self, Finn, James, and a large amount of Secret Service leave the building. Building. The building. The building. They are leaving M the building. <laughs> M met up with Finn and found him breaking into her car to steal it. Huh. Into a car to steal it. Sorry. The kids were headed back home, so they were going to follow. So the kids initially made their way back to James and Marina's home, but after seeing the paparazzi, they decided to go to Finn's home in Georgetown, the worst part of town. However, after they first arrived, after they arrived, Finn does that fainting thing that M did when she yeah. shot off the gun. Yes. Um, he had been out for a moment, and he saw the memory of when Providence had been attacked when they were in a safe house. Okay. When the president put through Patriot Patriot Act 4, it was a chaotic amount of laws being put through where many of the laws that kept things nonviolent got repealed. So, things James set into motion. Gotcha. Which is not good. No. <laughs> not at all no. good. So, the biggest part was that they weren't sure why this was happening, like, and kept giving them flashbacks in the form of seizures. Mm-hmm. Um, but Finn fell asleep, and M decided to look at her younger self by sneaking around back of the house. Makes so sense. Marina was with James. She had been kissed by him, and Marina was comforting him. But M watched and thought she'd have a chance to kill him now. But she couldn't. And I was like, fucking just take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> so she remembered his love of him, but then was like, but James, this James is gone. He doesn't exist in my timeline anymore. Mm -hmm. Before she knew it, she was having another memory. This time, she was back in her cell. The doctor, an older James, was tormenting her. He had killed his sister-in-law and Luce, Marina's maid and caretaker for when her parents were gone. For what? Documents. Of course. For something. But as the memory faded, she remembered that James didn't exist anymore, only the doctor. The next morning, everyone was very much awake, and Finn teased Marina for having times with James. When mm. Finn's mother came out to meet everyone, she has MS and is a complete and total sweetheart. Shortly, they have had the greeting. Uh, they headed back to the hospital. So there was a little family kerfuffle, and then they were given the okay to visit Nate again. After a moment, Finn and Marina were left with Nate, whom, after a while, woke up from his coma. Okay. He was frantic and signing to Marina, telling her something about Connecticut and that whoever hurt him is also looking for James. He is in trouble. So everyone rushed in after James fainted, but she didn't relay his message. Then he called the agent in charge of whatever plan Nate was working on. I didn't catch it at the time. Anyway, so James, James's personality changed and he insisted that regardless of what Armisen thinks, I think Armisen was the detective, Okay. that they needed answers now. James is staring at Marina like he was suspicious the whole time, and so he took her outside and asked, and she spilled that Nate wants him to go to Connecticut, mm -hmm. and with a promise not to explain this to anybody else. So the specialist they asked for came in and blatantly began to lie to all of them including who was responsible for shooting at James. 
But as they spoke, things got much more complicated, as if it wasn't already. Mm -hmm. It was revealed that Nate only told Marina even the slightest semblance of what he was working on in Connecticut. There was something involving James and that it was her job to pay attention to his behavior. So they decided to separate and James went to look more into it. He wants to know more about everything and Marina offered to go to Connecticut with him to see what was going on with Nate in the first place. Mm -hmm. James agreed and Finn was on board too, so they headed out that day. Em and Finn were watching their younger selves leave the hospital on their own, then decided that this would be the best time to go for James. Mm -hmm. So they had one big ol' issue though. Metal detectors plus a gun equals no entry. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. So they ditched the gun and decided that they would grab a scalpel and that they would have to kill James up close and personal. So they set a plan and managed to get one. They moved towards where James was and M had another moment of weakness. Mm-hmm. It was kind of sort of annoying, not gonna lie, but they still moved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally was like, come on, just, you gotta, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Get through it. Come on. Uh, they had to bolt quickly. Oh my God. So they met up with the rest of the family, but James was nowhere to be found. They had to bolt quickly and think hard about where the kids went, but they luck, lucked out seeing them pull up, switch seats to let James in, and then leave. So Marina and Finn get to Marina's home for supplies. Uh, luckily them, her parents were home. Ew. They had great news. They were getting a divorce. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Great timing, right? Yeah. Like, Nate's in the hospital, James is having a dilemma. We're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And my parents are getting divorced. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, they also wanted to make sure she was safe. So she was assigned to go to New York with her mother. Hey. And they were moving. So the guise of them caring as parents was not good. Yeah. And she yelled that she hated them. Normal teenage things. And they left with the supplies. Headed on their way, picking up James in the process. This is what happened before. Yes. So they made it to Connecticut, but they couldn't figure out what they had to find. Mm -hmm. Marina didn't want to give up, but Finn fought with her that there was nothing. When James yells at them to stop, and he remembered that there was something after all. A safe. He located it, but couldn't crack the safe yet. After a few tries, it finally opened. Inside were documents and a millennial. Flip it, reverse it. Uh, <laughs> And a manila envelope. Ah. James opened and reads the contents. Turns out Marina was right. And Richter, I believe he's the FBI guy who is in charge of Nate's things, had signed the bottom of the email inside containing James and Nate's names. Em and Finn are sitting outside of where the kids are and decide to get some rest. She has a vision about her interaction with James and how he had tried to ask for forgiveness, then did something horrible horrible shortly after okay it was so stupid he came to their son and was like marina please just let me help you and then he goes and kills someone and it's like how can yeah so sweet not gonna <laughs> let that happen fair enough uh after the vision ends she was she woke up to find she was crushing finn's fingers and 15 minutes passed they just can't figure out why this keeps happening to them. They're just like, what's going on? Okay. Um, and Finn tells her that this time she was flickering like she was disappearing. 
Oh. Yeah. Just then, a police cruiser passed by the car and parked in front of the house. Uh, the kids were like, well, shit. <laughs> and Marina did her best to hide. Fuck, dude. That did her best to hide their vehicle and tried to hide themselves shortly after. Mm-hmm. Lucky for them, they hid well enough that the police left without any issue. They knew they had to head back to D.C. because Connecticut, D.C. works out. So Checks out. <laughs> yeah, to show someone what they had found. Turns out that the information in the file was, in a nutshell, that a company named AIR wanted James. No hmm. clue why. Apparently, two companies, the SIA and the AIR, were going to offer him a position, which Nate didn't like one bit. Okay. So James explained that Nate also tried to get some notebooks that had notes from a recent breakthrough that James had for his PhD work for his physics doctorate. Right. Notes for his breakthrough in time travel. So James kind of went off the handle at this point and explained that with time travel, they could totally change the world. That's his whole plan. Okay. Even explained how time worked. It's not linear, and that if he were to do something like kill his grandfather, there will always be a shadow of his paradoxical self making sure his grandfather stayed dead. That's how M and Finn are able to stay in the goddamn place. Fair <laughs> enough. So, James got a call, leaving him in shock and dropping the phone without a world, a word. Then he crumbled. Ooh. M and Finn pulled over a bit behind the group, and they watched as Finn and James switched places. They know what just happened and what sets their future in motion. Mm-hmm. Finn drives them to a nearby hotel, and they all head inside. Nate had passed away. Oh. So they watched their younger selves walk into a nearby Denny's, and they decided that this would be the best time to head and kill James, deciding that Marina should still be the one to do the bidding. So they go inside the motel lobby, get a spare room key, uh, they head to the room, and they head inside. But they both freeze this time. Okay. Finn remembered his friend in the moment, and so did M. But she tried to remember that this James that they remembered was already dead. Mm-hmm. James even hugs her, but knew immediately that they were different. Mm-hmm. He backed away and he's like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I mean, you'd freak out too if your friend whose hair was like down to her butt was suddenly up to her shoulders. Yeah. You'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, hold on. This is not, r- not right. Um, so they did the most stupid thing and they revealed that they were from the future. James got excited Yikes. talking about all the things that they could do, but M stopped him. She then told him that they were there to kill him and pulled the gun on him. James, of course, was like, Pikachu face. <laughs> and Finn paused her to tell him what he did wrong. That was the absolute last choice since he had totally ruined the future. Mm-hmm. Wars, chaos, James becomes a monster. And James finally sees that he had truly done something horrible to her. But before M is able to shoot, Marina knocks at the door, Ah! allowing James to jump at M. They had no choice. They had to run to prevent their younger selves from finding their actual selves. And M announced as they left that this wasn't over. They're going to keep coming back. So... Marina and Finn get back into the motel room, and James has an outburst that he needs to get out of there now, scaring Marina in the process. They agree and head out quickly. So Finn passes out in the backseat of the car, leaving Marina and James to speak, and he asked if he was a 
bad person? And she was like, what? Mm. <laughs> so she told him that she will always be by his side, and he accepted this answer. Meanwhile, M was still holding the gun in her lap. She told him finally that she saw her younger self and James back at his old home. Finn grew angry and stopped at a gas station. He went inside for a while, and when he came back, he was like, you're still in love with him, aren't you? Ooh. I know you are. And he's like, if you definitely feel that way, you need to tell me. But before she could respond, she was pulled into another vision. God, these things always have, like, the worst timing. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> so this was about uh, how they were in a safe house and tried to determine if it was able to come forward with what they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, why James thought using militia to correct the world was okay. Uh, how that was better. Then a moment de- between her and Finn where he was about to kiss her and the FBI ruining that moment. Of course. Where James had found them. So Finn tells Marina to run while he gives himself up, but she didn't get far before she was caught and she watched as Finn was dragged away. Then she came to. Mm-hmm. So this one lasted half an hour. Oh. Which means that the visions are getting worse. Okay. She hugged him and was like, I do love you, but I still feel something for James. And he was like, it's all right. We'll figure out something and we're going to end this. Then they get back on the road. So Marina, James, and Finn make it back to James's home. Marina was uncomfortable with how calm James was. I mean... Makes sense. I would not be calm if I just found out my brother died and that my successful, like, time machine thing worked. Yeah. But my best friends are trying to kill me. I'd be like, I did something, didn't I? (laughs) Something's wrong. So he told her that he was going to call some people, but then he kissed her. Like, really kissed her. They get a little further, but he backs away, and they get more serious. Then he bails, <laughs> leaving there, leaving her there like, the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, turns out, night before, Em and Finn had some fun. Ooh. They woke up all dewy, and after the dreaminess left them, they got back to work, figuring out what they had to do next. After a nice talk about the fact that he needed to snap out of it, they headed out. Marina woke up and was like, did that really happen? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Finn came up and told her that James was about to meet Richter at a diner. Oh, okay. Finn agreed that with Marina that James is acting weird, that there's something he could still do. Also, the family has come back to the home, which the family is shit. I'm not going to lie. Fair enough. So, Marina finds James and talks to him, like, what the hell are you thinking calling Richter? Yeah, what the fuck, dude? That's the FBI guy. Okay. Uh, Getting killed is not worth this, you know? And James tells her that his mentor wasn't where he was supposed to be. He's disappeared. Uh, He needed her, so she agreed to go with him. But they went to tell Finn, who was totally not okay... With James, like, in his behavior right now, but James kind of forced Finn to come with, demanding that he couldn't leave until this was over. So they all left together. Mm-hmm. Em and Finn followed the children to a restaurant and wondered how long it had been since they were sitting outside. <laughs> but as Finn fell into another fit, Em saw him. The director is Richter. 
Oh. So Richter met the kids inside, and James went into full interrogation mode, blaming him for Nate's death, but Richter was, like, cool as a cucumber about everything. James didn't give up, and Richter was like, well, it seems that all of this was just a coincidence, but of course he would, wouldn't shoot a guy over disagreement. <laughs> uh, Marina was like, you're a lying-ass bitch, but, you know. Yeah. As for James and Richter's interest in him, he wants his research, his mind, to make a better world. James immediately changed his body language. Oh. Richter takes a call, and Marina and Finn are like, what the fuck is going on with you, James? Like, why are you listening to him? And James is like, you don't get it. But then Richter comes back. His brother Shooter is in custody. Ooh. And watched Richter go in. Mm-hmm. And she was thrown into her own vision again. She was being beaten by a soldier at the orders of the director for the documents that he wanted. Mm-hmm. He then made a threat to kill her. Quickly, if she gave him what he wanted, or else. It would be slow and painful. Yeah. <laughs> then she came back, and Finn was still in his vision. She realized it then. They drove James right to him. Right to Richter's hands. Ooh. So inside, Richter had convinced James that he had been honest that the person was caught, like, that the person caught was working from the inside. He was a Secret Service agent, and he had proof that, all the proof that he could, that James agreed to see. Then James told him that if the picture was accurate, that he would consider working with Richter. Shocking both Marina and, and Finn. Double Pikachu face. so richter was happy and he got in the car uh and marina and finn chewed out james about his fucking decisions like what is wrong with you boy like are you kidding why are you working with this psycho you know Mm -hmm. so both of the boys looked at marina hoping they would choose their sides Mm -hmm. but she was like then asked James why he kissed her. She asked James, then if he loved her. Okay. He only could say that he didn't know. Then she made up her mind. She couldn't help him with this anymore. It's not good for her. She knew that he only did it to keep her along and hold on to hope. Mm-hmm. But she knew that it wasn't good enough. And she told him that he's on his own and left. You're on your own. Yeah, you fucked up, dude. <laughs> So Em watched Marina and Finn leave without James. She was like, well, fuck a duck. Finn is still out and she's on her own. <laughs> so she watched as James came out. She got out of the vehicle, pulled the gun, and without hesitating, she pulled the trigger. Oh. But the gun jammed. Ah. Fucking thing jammed. Next thing she knew, she was being grabbed by the doctor. Ah. He covered her mouth and told her he wasn't going to hurt her. Bullshit. Then he tells her that he has no choice now than to kill Marina at her young age. I have no choice but to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, literally. He's like, well, you just keep coming back and trying to stop me, so I'm just going to kill you now. Then before, Hmm. uh, before she knew it, he knocks her out with a serum. And wakes up to Finn, and she tells him everything that just happened. They knew it was time. They only had one last chance, all that bullshit. And (laughs) Marina and Finn were on their way back to her house in the back of a taxi. But they weren't able to make it home. 
Someone slams into the taxi and then shoots the driver. Marina sees him and realizes that it's James. Finn protects her and pulls her out of the other side of the taxi. Then she hears another Finn yelling at her to run. Marina oh. thinks she's going crazy watching Finn and James fight, but Finn doesn't win. Kid Finn pulls Marina, but she gives up. Then James catches up and stabs Marina in the stomach. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just kind of, like, happens all at once now. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you go from going, like, what? What? And then to, oh, fuck, what? <laughs> so, meanwhile, Emma's busy chasing James and Richter. Kid James and Richter. Yeah. Lucky for her, D.C. traffic is terrible, and she's able to catch up and follow them quickly. I wouldn't know. Never been to D.C. Then they stopped at a government building. She decided that this is it. No matter what, she's going to fucking kill the kid okay <laughs> so she goes in and finds the office for air a-i-r associated institutes of research associated associated in english associated and makes her way to the offices associated 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 she finds a way in and quickly approaches where she believes James is. She knows something is wrong since Finn isn't calling, and she knows she's still okay since she's, you know, there. Of course. Then alarms go off. She's on the landing above them, and Richter walks onto the landing alone. Emma's like, wait, they're not together? Then Richter is instructed to evacuate the building. It's already being searched by two guards, so he tells them the guards, to inform him if James is found, then leaves. Emma's like, okay, so I gotta find him first. Got it. Em knew where he would be, though. He was hiding in a bathroom stall. Nice. He revealed himself, but he asked uh -huh. that she doesn't shoot him. Not yet. He explains to her that Richter didn't tell him the truth, and he felt like he just wanted the absolute truth from her. Mm -hmm. So she explains that he does absolute horrible things. That she had to do this because in his obsession with time, it makes things worse than he thinks they really are. She explains that Richter goes ahead and brings him into the SIA, just like he knew. Then she explains that he turns into someone that she can't reason with anymore. Of course. Then after they fall out, he begins to work with Richter, and then hell breaks loose when he, when he builds Cassandra. The countries in Europe form one solid union. But he and Richter go back in time to change that, because Richter convinced him it would be bad for the U.S. Then he assassinates people. What the fuck is happening? Stages terrorist attacks against others. Then tells people about natural disasters that were coming so they could prepare. Even Katrina. And he was like, and that's bad? <laughs> but the last thing that happens is that a dirty bomb goes off in Manhattan. Their solution to that is to set off smaller bombs through time so that we know what to expect. But it sets off a chain reaction of horrible government movements, creating a totalitarian government with police states. Uh -huh. It's terrible. So Richter, he believes that Cassandra is a great weapon. James asked why they didn't kill Richter, but she's like, we did. It didn't help. Now, in the middle of her of explaining that her younger self had a last bit like of notes that he didn't know he needed, 
that she had kept the secret the whole time, she had another flashback. Oh. It was the day Finn and Marina decided that Dame, that Dames, James was too dangerous and untrustworthy. Then she was thrown forward into the day that she was packing to be on the run and smuggled out of the city. Then the moment where the director beat her for the first time about where the notes were. She had like three visions all at once. When she came to, James was standing over her and freaked out. She explained that this keeps happening because time doesn't want her there anymore. And it's trying to send her wherever she belongs. James is like, well, that's interesting, but can't anything else be done now that I know all of this? And she's like, do you really think that now you know it can be done that you'll never create Cassandra? And of course, his hesitation said it all. She explained that this was the last hope, this was it, and that then she aimed, and he lunged at her. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, poor Marina and Finn were bound and knocked out. She woke up before he did, and future James approached her. Matter of fact, he told her that he had no choice but to stop M from stopping him. He had to kill her. Of course. M and young James are fighting. They get to a stalemate where if he lets go, she can be free, but she kicks the gun away, and they continue to fight. He managed to get the gun. Okay. <laughs> when Finn finally calls her. All right. She puts it on speaker and knows that the doctor has their younger selves. When she hangs up, she tells James that his future self has Marina and Finn. He's shocked and was like, I wouldn't kill them, would I? And she was like, yeah, you would. <laughs> so he proposed a truce until her younger self and Finn were safe. So they meet older Finn, who was hella not happy about this. But they leave together and make their way to the only place James knows he would go. His parents' cottage. Ooh. They were rich, okay? They have a lot of homes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so then they tried to get a plan together where they tried to save everybody when they hear a scream. Where Marina is surprised and angry at the fact that James is electrocuti- electrocuting her. Ah. Why? To save the world. To bring M in. And to end all of this, and because M betrayed him, Finn does wake up, Kid Finn, and he is both pissed and confused. Mm-hmm. Most people would be. Be like, you are James, you're what? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> What's happening? By the way, I keep thinking James as the doctor from, uh, what is that little um, Crash Bandicoot? It's his, it's the assistant. Oh, Dr. Injun? Yes. I keep The thinking... one with the rocket in his head? No, no, no. He's the one with the really flat head and the little round goggly eyes. I don't think it's... He's not the doctor. I keep thinking of the assistant. Yeah. Is that his name? Oh, wait, no. The guy with the very flat head. Yes. That's Dr. Neocortex. Yeah, I keep thinking of him as the doctor. Okay, so that's the main villain. That's... Yeah, yeah. my okay. brain keeps saying that crash, that's him. Crash, crash, crash. Why must you always muck in my mud? That's literally what I keep thinking of (laughs) as James as. Anyway, so Finn had to tackle M from running inside. Okay. They come up with a plan to get M through the back of the house with a gun and James and Finn through the front. But James didn't want to hand over the gun. Instead, he threw it into the woods. 
They still continue with the plan, Finn going inside and stalling, but it doesn't go well. Future James still electrocutes Marina. M runs after the gun, finds it, and James goes inside. Future Finn find, initially is like, wait, don't look at him. But Future James is like, I lied to you. You, you won't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I just wanted to buy some time and make sure that your past selves wouldn't help you either. Also, of course, Future James knew what he would do. He wants nothing mm-hmm. more than to stop M from distracting him, though. Future James doesn't give a shit. He breaks Marina's pinky oh. and then tries to shock her again when M comes in. Hmm. She instructs herself to close her eyes, telling her that she could, she should not see what she was about to do. But future James had a gun to Marina's head, only to ask her where the documents are. Where's the documents? Then it fucking clicked. He was in contact with Richter. That's how Cassandra was made so quickly. Okay. He must have already also known about Nate. How could he have been able to adjust the security to change it so that Nate was able to be shot and killed. Then future James was like, well, that's all moot now, so where are the documents? <laughs> so I was like, documents? God damn it, James, they were burned years ago. You knew that, and no matter what, you tried to keep me safe and near. It's why we can't kill each other. Finn confirms then as James asks her, uh, James asks, what does he mean about his brother? Yeah. The Doc is pissed and hurting Marina, but Finn is insistent that James needs to know and understand what he's capable of. But M refuses, and Finn launches at young James to strangle him. Oh. The room is so loud, then suddenly quiet. Young Finn has a hole in his chest and blood blooming on his shirt. Wow. Yeah, future Finn disappeared. Oh, yeah. He killed Finn. Yeah. Okay, how did he... Did he just, like, poof, gone? He literally... He shot him, and then he, like faded. Wow. Like, he was just gone. <gasps> uh, young James catches M as she collapses and calls himself out that future him is a fucking monster. James apologizes and Marina shatters, like, emotionally. Then M has a calm come over her. She explains that James killed his own brother. Why? Ooh. Because Nate was becoming a problem, trying to stop Cassandra from being built. James is in shock and is like, but I just want to save him. M explains, yes, but he becomes a problem again and you send another soldier to kill him. You save and kill him over and over and over again. It never ends. Oh, God. So the doctor is still torturing Marina to make M stop talking. Ah. And the doctor tells him that he will understand later, but in that moment, James lunges at his future self. They fight and struggle. Then James has the gun in his hand and aims it at himself. Oh. The doctor tried to stop James, but he only prolonged the agony of his own death. M takes the time to lay him down and tells her younger self that she loves her and she is perfect the way she is. Just doesn't need to conform to needy girls and be able to fit in. Then M fades. James shot himself in the head. Oh, fuck. All right. But older James, like, moved it, so instead of aiming like dead center it moves it off to the side so it just made him live a little longer oh wow it was really really sad so marina wakes up to weird dreams yeah she was planning to have breakfast with him and tell him how she felt finally but nate came over and told her that james had gone to his parents cottage and took his own life oh 
Marina was shattered, but as she looked at all of the anger and inability to get over his parents' death, then it made sense to her. Mm -hmm. At the funeral, she remembered all the great things about him. She explains that his work is being put... uh, being put into storage, but Nate gave them to her so she didn't, so it didn't gather dust. Mm-hmm. Um, while looking at his casket, she only has one less memory of him, and it was the Shaw's annual Christmas party, the day he announced his plans for the future, how he wants to travel time to make it so his mom and dad never die in the accident. He promised to make everything better. Okay. Finn brings her back to the present and comforted her. Weirdly enough, they bring the story back to the beginning when Em and Finn escape from the prison. Em was scared that if they changed anything, her and Finn may not have fallen for each other. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I think I cared long before all of this happened. Then a wave of confirmation of self-love washed, washed through her, and she knew that everything would be okay. Oh. That's the end. Wow. I told you it was a fucking trip. And it was a lot of confusion. Yeah. If you have any questions, please ask them now. You know... Not gonna lie, that game makes me really want to play the game Time Splitters Future Perfect. Yeah. Because it sounds a lot like that. Okay, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. See, it's like at first it throws you in, and you're a little bit like, "What who the is? Fuck what are these people? Who are you? And what's going on? And why is this happening?" And as it develops, you're like, "Okay, hold up. M is Marina. They're literally watching themselves go through all this shit, mm-hmm. and." Em is having an existential crisis where she's like, she still loves the boy that he used to be, but she hates the man that he becomes mm-hmm. because he's just cruel and he doesn't realize how cruel he is because it's all for like the ends justify the means is basically what it was. Yes. And it's like, you're willing to kill your own best friend. You're willing to kill people who cared about you because you want to make things better but you're not like what the fuck you know it was so fucked uh so what rating do you give it oh shit (sighs) with the confusion and how much it like threw me for a goddamn loop yeah i'm gonna give it a seven and a half okay because there were some things that i was like okay um i understand the emotional part of having to kill your own best friend as a child yeah i get it 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 would it would destroy me. Yes, 100%. But also, like, you understand why it has to happen. Mm-hmm. But I did like how they took that out of her hands and gave James the option to end it himself. Mm-hmm. And be like, this is not going to happen. I don't like this. So, yeah, seven and a half. Cool. Alright, and we're back. That was a fucking trip. Yeah, it was, yeah. If you, no, but seriously, guys, if you have any questions, please reach out to me on Twitter. I, I'm Or email. Or email us. Like, I will be happy to put things, like, in their place because that was very confusing. Yeah. Also, like, read the book as well, so. Oh, yeah, it's We should have talked about this before the break, but whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's available on audiobook where I think I've re- listened to it on Apple audiobooks. Yeah. But... Definitely read it if you or listen to it. It's a really good book. It's just confusing. So confusing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh so to switch into the game world. Yes. Uh 
the first news. Uh, Nikki already knows about this. Yes. Uh, we just watched it, actually. So My face still hurts from smiling. Yeah. <laughs> so the Super Mario Bros. 35th Anniversary Direct just happened. Yes. Uh, and they announced a ton of Mario-based products for gaming that are coming out. Mm-hmm. So some remasters, some, like, cool new things, and some merchandise. I know. I really want that mushroom shirt. I know we pre-ordered one of the things that they have yeah. available. We're so, so stoked. Yeah. So I hear about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. YouTube. Go on YouTube and look up the Super Mario Bros. 35th Anniversary Direct. Watch it. You will not be disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. And even if you're listening to this months late, it'll still be relevant. Yeah, my face, like, literally, like, started to lock because yeah. of how much I was smiling. Yeah. I'm like, my face hurts so my much. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> so, are we ready to get into my game? I am so ready for your game. All right, so the game that I chose to play this week is Fairly Odd Parents Breaking the Rules. Hell yeah, throwback. Major throwback. Oh, so, God, we were kiddos. yeah, the release date for this game was November 3rd, 2003. Oh, my God, we were eight. <laughs> Roughly around a year after the show started. We were like eight. Yeah, so <laughs> I just want to put, yeah. Uh, the genre is a platform, mm-hmm. platform game. So you, where you like jump and Climb do Climb and yeah. do things. Think like Crash Bandicoot. That's a platforming game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the developers... Uh, the main developers for the console versions were uh, Blitz Games. Blitzy Blitz. Yeah, for uh, there's uh, Helix, also helped with one of the ports of the game, and Gorilla. Okay. So that's another port of the game. So uh, the publisher for the game for all three companies, THQ. Woo! They've been around. I think they're still around to this day. I trust this company. Some of my favorite games have come from... They sure T- have. Yeah, THQ Publishing. So, very good. Uh, something interesting that I found, there was uh, programmers. Only three were listed. Only three? Only three. Th- now, that does... I do want to say for the original Spyro game, only one person hand-coded it. Oh, yeah, that's So, right. this is around that time... Or, this is a little later, but when it was a smaller-ish company, Blitz Games. Mm-hmm. Three programmers? Yeah. And, going to shout them out, uh, Claude DeRue, Philip Palmer, and Nigel Higgs. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Uh, The systems this one came out for, PlayStation 2, Mm -hmm. GameCube, Xbox, so that was Blitz Games, Uh, Game Boy Advanced was Helix. Oh, my God. So the handheld, and then Windows, that was Gorilla that did that. Yeah, so. And the Game Boy Advanced version from what I understand, had a different plot than this one, so... If you do end up finding it, just know that. Yeah, just just understand. And and that one, I'm going to tell you, Wandissimo shows up. Wandissimo? The fairy. Oh, my Remember the gosh. one that had the thing for uh, Wanda? Yeah. Yeah, Wandissimo. I don't think that was his name. I yes, it was. It. yes, it was. Yes, it was. Was it? Google it right now. Oh, my fucking God, fine. So, uh, sh- while you're doing that, should I go into the uh, the setting? Yeah, don't wait for me. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so, this does come from the wiki uh, Wikipedia page for this game. So, I will quote that. Timmy Turner's mother and father have gone on a vacation and left Timmy with the evil babysitter, Vicky. What's up? Okay. Juan, as in J-U-A-N, Dissimo. Yeah, Juan Dissimo. Juan Dissimo. I told oh, you that was his name. Oh, my God. I, I was thinking, like, Wanda. 
No. <laughs> okay. So, uh, they have left Timmy with the evil babysitter, Vicky. When Timmy tries to make a wish, his fairy godparents, Cosmo and Wanda, tell him that it's against the rules. Outraged, Timmy wishes he didn't have to follow the rules. As a result, Cosmo destroys the book. Because Cosmo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a little bit of back and forth. There's a quick cutscene, which it doesn't actually explain in this. kind of sucks. But uh, when Vicky arrives, she gains possession of the rules. She wishes that Timmy was still sleeping. And uh, since she has possession of a fairy item, her wish is granted. Fuck. Timmy, Cosmo, and Wanda go to fairy court and are accused of destroying the rules. Jorgen Von Strangle gives them gives the three of them 49 and a half hours to find the missing pages of the rules. Oh. Great. Yeah. That's that's the set that's how you're set up. That I yeah, I watched you do that part. Yes. I love I love fairy odd parents, guys. So I do want to say uh, this will be a shorter review because the game is short, pretty short. takes about seven hours to complete. Yeah, that's pretty short. Yeah. So uh, there are a total of ten levels, one tutorial and nine normal, I believe. Mm-hmm. There, might, uh, there might be 11 with uh, the final mesh, uh, level, whatever. You'll figure it so, out. So, <laughs> yeah, they all work in a similar way. You select a level and a short cutscene happens in which Vicky makes a wish and you start the level. Okay. Yeah, which uh, most of them are inspired by an early episode from the show. Woo! And I will tell you which episode they are uh, off of. Okay. So the first level, Vicky wishes you uh, would still be asleep, like it, I said in the uh, setting. And so you fall asleep and are literally taught how to play the game. The end goal of this level is to find all five wish stars and wish to wake up. Okay. That's, Yeah. So this opens up the next three levels. They can be completed in any order. This goes for uh, the same for like all the missions that can be completed in any order as they become unlocked. Uh, for the purposes of this review, I will be referring to them in the order that I played them in. Okay. So the first level is called The Vicky Virus. The, uh, this level is based on the episode Power Mad. The wish uh, Vicky makes is for Timmy and his friends Chester and AJ to be stuck in a video game. Oh, yes! So if you know that uh, episode where they are in a virtual reality thing and Cosmo has to keep the power on by being a hamster or whatever. Yes! Yeah, very similar to that. Literally one of my favorite episodes yeah. ever. Your goal is to find all of the stars, rescue the two friends, which you actually get to play at play as at points throughout the level. And eventually come to the CPU, which acts as the boss for that level. Uh, this is voiced by Vicky, so it's like she's the big boss. Bleh, you she's know. the big bitch in yeah. the sky. Got it. Yeah. Well, uh, she's a giant brain in a tube in this mission. <laughs> okay. So the CPU <laughs> is literally the brain of the system. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the first level. Pretty, pretty basic. Yes. Like I said... This will be very quick, so I apologize. <laughs> the next level is called Chinless Blunder. Yes. And is based on the episode Chin Up. Can I say it? Please. What? Can I? Here comes the crimson chin. Yes. <laughs> I'm a kid, guys. <laughs> Vicky's wish was to have the crimson chin become useless, thus removing his powers. In this level, you, as Cliff, the boy chin wonder. Yes must defeat different bosses who happen to be different villains 
of the Crimson Chin in the Crimson Chin comics. Of course. From the show, yeah. So uh, it kind of... All the levels have their own art style to them, really, and this one is comic book style. I love that. Yeah, so it has that, like, deep shading. Cell shading, I think, is what it's called. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, so... The first boss is Country Boy, who has taken the Chin's strength. Oh, shoot. Okay. So the wish to defeat him is to be able to uh, have your cleft copter, you know, the little yeah. helicopter that comes out of the Chin thing. It looks yeah. like a helicopter coming out of a butt. Yeah. And then you, like, hover down the street after him, and he's releasing these clouds of noxious gas. I don't know what this has to do with strength. It doesn't make sense, but whatever. You have to have some Chin strength. Yeah. So you... Chop through the uh, the ropes of these balloons and release them. That's nice. That's how you beat him. It's really weird. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with strength either. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the second boss is Spatula Woman. Side note, she could get it. Anyway. Really, oh, gosh. She, she is. Whoo! Not really in the game, but, like, her face. God damn, she... Like, yeah. Okay. I just remember in the show, I was just like, damn. <laughs> like, as a kid, I was like, damn, look at her. She she could get it. She, yeah. She could get it anytime. 100%. Anyway. Yeah. She foxy. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, <laughs> she has stolen the Chin's charisma. Oh, no. Oh, no. So uh, she kidnaps the mayor by sweet-talking him. Okay. And you have to disable the whisks that are, like, he's over a bowl of... <laughs> mixing like flour yeah and there's three whisks <laughs> and you have to stop all of them and then defeat spatula woman okay that is that is very odd but it's also very cute sounding yeah <laughs> so finally you must defeat gilded arches who's the disco guy with the really long golden legs oh my god yeah also shout out to them for making you want mcdonald's in the middle of the day gilded and arches. not understanding why <laughs> <laughs> so uh gilded arches has taken chin's speed okay and uh, you have to chase him over the rooftops while there's a funky disco track happening once you make it to him you uh oh i forgot to mention in the when you're going after spatula woman your wish is to have a boomerang that comes out of your chin and, like, smacks things. Yeah. Okay. I don't fucking know. This one, you have a grappling hook that comes out of the chin, and then you, like, go. A butt clamp. A, yeah. A butt chin clamp. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so once you make it to the end of that section, he gets into a helicopter, and the helicopter, hilariously enough, has a giant gold chain on it with, like, a medallion. Oh, that's fantastic. And you grapple onto that, and you have to, like, pull him back. And then he crashes. Of course. Yeah, and then yeah, that's you win, and that's the mission. That's <laughs> and you win. Yeah, when you beat all three, you beat the level. Woo! Yeah, the next level is a bridge too far, which is partially based on uh, the the boy who would be queen episode. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, like a mix between two episodes. I forget what the other one is, but you know, it's got that. Uh, in this level, Timmy goes to Squirrely Scouts camp. Yay, Squirrely Scouts! Yeah, and Vicky wishes that she could prove the cream puffs are better than the Squirrely Scouts. Oh. Yeah. Don't want to catch those hands. <laughs> catch these hands. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's really fucking weird. In this level, you're tasked with rescuing captured scouts in the first half of it. Okay. So you have to... 
not get spotted by patrols of cream puff girls. Okay. Yeah, they, they're walking around with flashlights, and if they see you, they go, Oh, there you are, and then you, like, lose a life. Oh. Yeah. That's admittedly lame. <laughs> yeah. I do want to say all of the Squirrely Scouts are voiced by the same person. Of course they are. And it's hilarious. Did they do, like, any pitch changes? Or oh, yeah. One, yeah. Okay. They, well, all the Squirrely Scouts are the same yeah. male voice actor, so. Okay, then. Because Cream Puffs are the girl, Squirrely Scouts no, are the it. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, second half, you get to transform into Tamantha. Remember when he, uh, oh, Timmy yeah. as a girl? Yeah, you get to be Tamantha. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and you get to make it through the Cream Puffs camp, which looks like a military base. Yeah, of course. It's fucking hilarious. If you guys can find Fairly Odd Parents for me, that'd be great. <laughs> like. Anyway, so uh, you make it through the camp, and you finally take the source of Vicky's commanding power, the Cream Puff badges. They're mixed with magic, so when Vicky gives it to one of the girls... They become under her control. Oh, yay. So they kind of became ruthless, if you couldn't tell, while you're capturing Squirrely Scouts. Mind control. <laughs> yeah. So the final section of this, you have to run back in a very Crash Bandicoot style where Vicky's chasing behind you and the camera's, in, like, in front of you and you're running towards it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That And then once you make it to the end, the mission ends. Woo! Shows the cream puffs. I'm gonna take... Command from you, Vicky, anymore. You know. <laughs> you suck. Yes, essentially. <laughs> Kids are honest, man. Yeah. So, the next level. Mm-hmm. Mini Timmy is based off of the episode Tiny Timmy. Oh, yeah. In which Timmy turns mini and gets put into a suit that protects him from bacteria. And it's pretty much the same for that level. You avoid gross things and you hope to get shit out. I want to say it's... Ho- no. <laughs> You're thinking Magic School Bus. This is Timmy where he goes and there's all the bacteria. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. Yeah. So it's funny because the main enemy that's like running around in this level is ba- bits of bacteria. And they'll hop. And when you get close to them, they'll like make... They'll start like squishing down and they'll make like this weird... <laughs> no, they make the farting noise and a disgusting gas cloud comes out and hurts you. Pleasant. And when you use your, like, disinfecting spray, essentially, it turns them golden, and they're really happy. They're like, hello. Oh. Like, it's <laughs> it's hilarious. That is, that is a strange yeah. level. So, Vicky wishes that Timmy would be small enough to clean every nook and cranny of the bathtub. Rude. So, that's what happens. It's very straightforward. <laughs> you go through, you start in, like, the straight part of the drain that's underneath the tub. Yeah. And you make your way through. Okay. And then you make your way up the um, vent or the pipe. Yes. And then you're in the bathtub. Oh. And the way you beat this level is by defeating the King Bacteria. King Bacteria. Yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> but yeah, that's the level. It's not that... This one... It's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. Not at all complicated. This was meant for children in the 2000s. Yes. Us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Uh, the next level is Crash Landing, Ooh. which is based on Spaced Out. Okay. Vicky wishes for aliens to invade. She's like, I wish aliens would invade. That would make uh, today more interesting. And the Yugo Potamians... Oh, my God. Invade. 
Yeah. Was it Chad? Um, Mark Chang. Mark Chang. Mark. Mark. That's his name. Yeah. I was trying to remember. Yeah, uh, remember that they can't uh, deal with anything nice. Yes. So when you run up to them, they, like, freak out and start backing up. Okay. And then when you touch them, it's like you're giving them a hug, so they go back up into the spaceship. It's fucking funny. They're like, oh. <laughs> no. No niceties. It's, it's hilarious seeing them scurry away. It's the funniest thing to me. <laughs> so you have to platform your way through the streets that are getting destroyed, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, until you make it to their ship. Okay. And uh, there's actually a pretty long ship section where you go through different parts of the ship. Until you finally land on Yugopotamia. Okay. And you have to do three grueling tests. The first one, you have to go through the field of the field of flowers. Oh, it's the worst. It's exactly like yeah, the, exactly the, like F- the show. Yeah, except this one, it uh, instead of making it where you just run through it and nothing happens, they have like... Venus flytrap big ones that like come in and so if, they actually hurt you this yeah. time. Yeah. But it's still like this isn't that bad. The second test is you have to dodge a shit ton of giant teddy bears. They like they fall and if they fall on you they hurt you, but if you just dodge them they <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um cuz that's helpful. And the third one is you have to jump over a bunch of or like the chocolate um like a it's the test of the chocolate bar. Oh. Because you know in the show he eats the he chocolate to, bar and they're like, ah, you know. They're but like, you just you, do it? you jump over melted chocolate on giant marshmallows and have to hit buttons. I love marshmallows. Yeah. And then when you get uh, done with that, mm-hmm. you essentially finish the level. You're just like, don't suck people's brains through bendy straws oh yeah i forgot that that was the whole goddamn premise and they're just like fine we won't (laughs) (laughs) oh man this is bringing back memories yeah i really just like i really just want to binge watch fairly odd parents all of the fairly odd parents that i can get my hands on so the next level is time warped okay which is based off of nighty night k-n-i-g-h-t-y Okay, remind me of that one, please. I, I, I can see. I can fight! God, that was such a good episode. Yeah, with King uh, King Arthur, where they go back to medieval times. Who was a lame-ass boy unless he was wearing his glasses. glasses, then he could see. He can fight. (laughs) Little side note about that, there's a meme going around. It's uh, when your lag stops in a multiplayer game. I can see. I can fight! Yep, it's perfect. <laughs> it's hilarious. And uh, so Vicky wishes that you would go back in time because you ridicule her on her history homework. Well, she's an idiot. So, so. it sends you back in time. Yeah. So what you have to do in this level is go through three time periods and fix the mistakes that Vicky wrote. Oh, yay. First, it's the medieval period. And you have to help Arthur get the sword in the stone. The I can see I can fight kid from the show. Uh, Arthur, yes. Yeah. But okay. you get the sword out, you turn into him for a second, like, you disguise yourself as him, and they're like, that kid took it all the stone, and then you run back to him and give oh, him yeah. the stone, yeah, or the sword. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a king now! I'm he is king he now. is wearing the glasses, but he's not big and buff. He's just him normal, like, twerpy boy. Got it. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Twerpy. Yeah. Uh, the next period, you have to go to Egypt. Oh. Oh, is this the Sphinx one? No. 
This one, uh, this is kind of the more original game version of this of the episode take on the episode. Okay. Yeah, when they're inspired, they're not directly taken from. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you go to Egypt and you have to her uh, help turn the Cuba mids into pyramids. Because <laughs> Vicky's just like they're cubes, and you're like that's not right. So you make every cube that's in there, you turn them into the pyramids. Oh. And then the Egyptians see it and they go, yes. And then all of the big ones, the pyramids of Giza, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they turn into a giant, or they turn into the normal pyramids. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very straightforward on that mission. Very much so. Yeah. And finally, you have to go to Greece. Yay. And change all the statues uh, to set back the idea that uh, Greeks didn't love sports because they did. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, so they the, loved him so much they were naked ninety eight percent of the time. These statues are it's like the uh one where it's the guy kind of crouched over and he's got the ball in his hand and it's like back in the air, you know? Oh, uh shot put? No, he's like bending down. Oh. It kinda looks like he's about to start bowling. Oh. Uh discus? It, yes. And uh but instead of holding the thing in his hand, he's got a giant fork with sausage. <laughs> So you have to change it back to circles. So essentially, you just have to find all the statues. That's all you do. So he's this. about to do discus, but she was like, you they, hungry, bitch. They don't like sports. And it's like, no. The guards in this one, they throw, like, fucking various fruits at you, and it's hilarious. Like, I got beaned in the head with a watermelon. Like, he just... <laughs> Flung that Why thing that at so me. That's so funny. I, like, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I imagine people getting smacked with watermelon being devastating, but also, like, equally hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's pretty much that mission. Okie doke. The next level is titled Bad Luck 101 and is based on uh, that old black magic episode. Ooh. In this level, Vicky wishes that Timmy had all her bad luck. Which causes three anti-fairies to show up. Okay, I think I remember this Not one. pixies, anti-fairies. Yes. At first I thought it was the pixies, but then I was like, wait, no. They're not square. They're just the bad versions of the normal yeah. fairies. Yeah. So, uh, the pixies were the fucking accountants, right? I think so. Yeah. This was like, oh my god. Years ago. Years ago? Yeah. And he... <laughs> I legitimately am trying to remember everything, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what happened to my brain? <laughs> so anyway, uh, these three anti-fairies follow Timmy to school. Ooh. Your goal in this mission is to capture the three anti-fairies before Timmy's teacher, Mr. Crocker, spots them. Gotta love Mr. Crocker. He's yeah. a dick. Because if he catches them, he proves that fairies are real. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. He's the coked-out... Fairly got parents. Yeah. Or fairly got parents. Whatever he says. Uh, I think fairly got fairly got. Yeah, he says he says fairly got parents. He has the ear on his neck. Yeah, I never understood yeah. that. It's like how weird is your genetics? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many questions. But uh, so once you capture them, you release one of the fairies on Crocker's furry hunting van, which okay. destroys it, and then the other two on Vicky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just like here, go. Yeah. <laughs> You're done now. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> so the next level is called a dog's life. That 
That would be the dream, wouldn't it? Yeah, and is based on the episode Dog's Day Afternoon. Hmm. Vicky's wish is uh, for this one is that she wishes Timmy was as easy to be around as a dog, essentially. Thus transforming him into a dog, which leads Vicky's sister, Tootie. Oh, God, Tootie. Uh, to be like, oh, I love the puppy. And she's always around him, thus making it impossible for Cosmo and Wanda to help Timmy without being seen. Right. So. That episode. Yeah. So, uh, this, the whole idea for this level is Timmy has to make himself, in dog form, unlovable through various methods. That's, like, nearly impossible. I don't understand. So he does a whole bunch of, like, rude things. One of the things that uh, stood out to me was uh, jumping into mud baths at the mall sal- salon so he was dirty. But that's so fucking precious when it dogs is. do it. Exactly, but it's a 2003 game. <laughs> dogs are dirty. Ew. <laughs> There's sore bunnies, but, like, yeah. nobody wants to talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> so, um... That's pretty much the level. That's it? Yeah. That is very, very short. It is extremely short. Well, uh, these levels are actually much longer. Mm-hmm. They're at least, like, 20 minutes long each. Okay. Yeah, they all have different sections, but I can't really talk about it with saying, and then you do this, and then you do this. Without wanting to shoot yourself? Yeah, it's, yeah. Square between the eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Once, quickly, hit me, hammer. So, that's it. Uh, the final level, and this one only appears after all the others are completed, Okay, is called The Ultimate Challenge. This is very, very partially based on the episode A Wish Too Far. All right. Timmy is told by Jorgen Mm -hmm. that all but one of the pages of the rules, uh, or that, uh, Timmy has. Okay. All but one of the, uh, pages. So, after a little back and forth, Timmy convinces him that he must challenge Vicky to one final challenge to get the page of the rules. Okay. Jorgen brings Vicky to fairy court, but in order to be like, oh, we're not fairies, uh, he has to, like, disguise it as a reality show. Okay. So that's, yeah, what that's all about. And she actually ends up getting turned into a dragon. Oh, okay. Did that that actually happened in the show, didn't it? Just like once. Yeah. And I cannot remember which one. Yeah. So uh Timmy has to get a get her to wish that she'd never had the book. Okay. So after a lot of like fighting, mm-hmm. he eventually gets that oh, good. to happen. So uh once you do that, the level ends, you did it, you won the game. Yay! Yay, you win! Yes, you winner! That's yeah. That's the story. That's the game. <laughs> wow, you weren't kidding. Those are super yes. short. So uh, I did forget to write this down, but I did want to talk about the level select screen. Okay. What's really cool about it is it is Timmy's house. You get to run around as Timmy in your house. So you get upstairs, your bathroom, downstairs, the kitchen, and the backyard. And all of the different levels are in different parts of the house. That's really cool. So in your in Timmy's room, there's the TV, which is the Vicky virus, then the stack of comics that's, you know, Crimson Chin. Yeah. The uh, closet is the Bridge Too Far one. His mm-hmm. bathroom is Mini Timmy. Downstairs, uh, the front door is like Bad Luck 101. Okay. The kitchen is Dog's Light. And, like, they're all just in different spots. That's so cool. It's a really cool level select uh, 
area. It's not really a screen. It's a, a scene. I guess hub. There you go. Level select hub. It's really those are the words. Cool. Yeah. So I do also. I don't normally do this in games, but uh, this seems like a great place to have this is the collectibles in the game there's collectibles there are four types of collectibles in the game the first is wish stars which i mentioned in the tutorial level yes they are large stars that usually run from timmy and uh these power cosmo and wanda's training wands okay see they were giving training wands because they messed up and broke the rules they broke the rules so they were giving training wands so they can't just do normal wishes they have to get the power stars Yes. Or the wish stars. And five are needed to grant a wish. Yes. There are usually 15, five to 15 stars in each level. All right. So it varies. It's Most of them only have 10 stars, but there's like five or 15. I've seen a few with 15. I can't oh. name exactly which levels have that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. There are crowns. Uh, they're little floating crowns that resemble the uh, crowns above the fairies. I really just want one. Right. And uh, let's see. Uh, once you get a hundred of them, you get a one-up. kind of. Uh, you get a life, kind of <laughs> like in Mario. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, essentially. So uh, then there's a Timmy's head, like just a little floating Timmy head. These give you an instant one-up. Yeah, they're all, uh, like Crash Bandicoot. His face gives you a one-up exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Finally, there are um, Crimson Chin cards. Like, com like, not comic. Like trading cards. Yeah, trading and cards. And they're just That's like floating works. in the level. So uh, there are four of these in all but the last level. So in each level, there's four. Mm -hmm. And they reward you with bonus videos found in the extras on the main menu. Videos. One of these is Shiny Teeth and Me. Are you, you kidding? You get Icky Vicky. You get like a bunch shiny of those. Teeth and me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get all of those like a bunch of random shorter scenes. Power line slams a little bit harder. But Sorry. yeah, <laughs> I agree. But yeah, so it's a little cool thing. If you want to get all of those, you have to get all of the cards, and they are off the beaten path, just a little bit. So you do I mean, have to. That's pretty common. Yeah. For most things. Yeah. So, favorite level. My favorite level would have to be Chinless Blunder. Yeah? Just because of, like, how simple in design and just how fun it is. You get to go to three different parts of Chinsinati. God, it's, it's so punny. Yeah. And also, <laughs> Crimson Chin, when he's not big and tough, he's actually really fat. You can see, like, curly hair on his belly. Oh, yeah. And you can see, like, his face, and he's just, huh? He's, like, really smiley. Yeah. And at one point, he's trying to get, like, a pork rind, and he gets scared, and it flies up and lands on his, like, chin. His massive-ass chin. Yeah. And it's just really funny, and you get to three see three of the uh, villains, chin villains. Yeah. I just think it's a really fun mission. I Yeah, it sounds like right up your alley as yeah. far as that goes. My uh, least favorite level is time warped but specifically the greek part okay there's really annoying platforming where you have to dodge steam but it doesn't like tell you when the steam is about to happen so it's it just, just random it just psh, and also the platforms at that part in the steam bath area they start sinking so you're frantic oh. i lost a shit ton of lives and had to restart like for two times two or three times and i'm just like 
I hate this level. I actually rage quit on it one day. I was just like, I'm not doing this today. It doesn't take much for Tyler to rage quit, but when he does, it's for a good reason. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't like that. It's specifically that part in a level. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, voice actors. There's like six credited <laughs> voice actors. Just six? Yeah. And I do want to say everybody from this show, the major characters play their characters. Even Rob Paulson makes an appearance. Yeah. He is Gilded Arches. Oh, gosh. And he's the Squirrely Scouts. Every single Squirrely Scout. Is Rob Paulson. He's just like, hey, Tibby. And then, like, another one's like, oh, thanks for saving me, Tibby. <laughs> like, it's just the variations of his nasally voice that he does. I love Rob Paulson. Yeah. So, it's just, God, hearing him over and over again was hilarious. We nearly ran into him while we were at CT2 last year. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, birthdays. Actually, no, it was the year before. Nope, last no. year, because we were in the same year that we went to C2E2, so. Oh, yeah, okay. So, the not the most recent one, the year. The my birthday yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, there were two really funny things. These two stuck out to me so hard that uh, characters said. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Vicky virus level. The CPU at one about like a third of the way through states, "Welcome to level two, Battlestar Antarctica," <laughs> which is a very obvious reference to Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, what the fuck? And I'm just like, that's fucking funny. Beats bears, Battlestar Galactica. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, there's another hilarious one that killed me. I about fell out of my chair laughing. When, uh, when in the chinless blunder level, when making your way to Spatula Woman, you come across a bunch of conveyors with very large loaves of bread just flying past you, and you, yeah. Cosmo says that you must take the path of yeast resistance. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so bad, it's good. Yeah, and obviously that is a play on a path of least resistance. Of course. So the things I enjoyed, obviously, like I mentioned before, the uh, the level select hub. Yes. I really enjoyed that. I also, enjoyed, the thing I enjoyed the most is where the nostalgia hits. When yes. you see, like, Arthur, I fucking, I was like, yes. And the Vicky virus level when they're, like, in the suits and everything. Yeah. It was, yeah, they're like, we're in virtual reality, which is now a thing. But back in those days, it wasn't. Yeah, no, because they, they actually were very ahead of their time as yeah. far as that goes. I mean, most, like, past-written books, movies, like... Yeah. Board games, even. We're like, we're gonna jump ahead to the year 20-whatever, and then this is actually gonna happen here. And it's like, okay, yeah, we have the headsets now. <laughs> yeah, we have headsets that put you into virtual reality, I so... I mean, like... It's I, obviously not to the intent, uh, or the intensity that you're in the game like they are like, like they did yeah but, which are like oh my god that actually hurt <laughs> yeah but like you do get to be put in the games which are fucking i should do a vr game for this podcast. that would be really fun because yeah. i mean i already did a book last week's book was ready player yeah. one which they literally were in haptic gloves and VR's yeah. headsets so another thing I enjoyed uh, was the flow and the actual story. Yes. It felt very, it felt like it connected so well into the Fairly Odd Parents world. I miss it. It, it was like, this is canon. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even though it wasn't, it is, you know? Yeah. It was, it's just, it felt so right. I also really liked the idle animations. When you were just standing there, Timmy would kind of, like, look around. And if you waited for long enough, he would sit down. He'd you just, just sit there. And then eventually he would, like, fall asleep. So I had to run into the other room to, I can't remember what I had to do, but all of a sudden I just heard, hmm. I come back and there's Z's floating over his head and he's laying down. It was hilarious. That's adorable, yeah. actually. So, um, some things I disliked. Some levels, the platforming became a little too clunky to be enjoyable and just very rough to do. Mm -hmm. And another really annoying thing to me is voice lines repeated in every level. It was just so annoying. Oh. I hate that. It really sounded like they recorded maybe 15 lines per level. <laughs> it's just, oh. That's the worst. It's like, don't forget to do this. Shut up, Navi. Yeah. It was Navi <laughs> hey, level. listen. Down. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> like, an example I Should have. T-shirt, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, when I was going up against Gilded Arches. I keep repeating this mission, but when you're going up against him and you see the uh, the henchman running at you and you get to, like, certain parts, he's, uh, like, Cosmo will say, this is like a uh, rooftop disco inferno. And then he'll say it, like, just five minutes later. Oh and it's like, shut gosh. the fuck up, please. So, rooftop disco inferno. Yeah, or a towering tour uh Disco Inferno or something like that. I just stopped paying attention after like I heard <laughs> it twice. Lower I was like, the volume no. or just yeah. hit mute. <laughs> I was just like, but the music was funky. So you really like funky music. Yes, I do. Copyright. Anyway, so uh, there was something that was a problem. Uh, there was a slight soft lock in the game. Uh, there was one point during the mini Timmy level in which I missed a star hidden semi earlier in the level. In order to get back to it, I had to jump off the platform, therefore losing a life. So you had to kill yourself to literally get Yeah, so if if I wasn't semi good at decent or at video games, you know, if I didn't know how it worked yeah. and <laughs> and I lost like all of my lives up until that point and I had to run back, you would lose the level. Okay. So that would suck. Yeah. So it's kind of I'm not great at video games. Yeah. This is why I don't do that portion, but I would be frustrated yeah. and I would have probably broken my TV if I had yeah. to deal with that Fuck. shit. But <laughs> luckily in this game it is easy to get uh lives. I will say the lives do not carry over to other levels. You only get that amount of lives for that level. Okay. And you uh, once you get 100 crowns, you get another life for that level, so it's kind of ugh. Uh all right. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say the save animations were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You would find a little blue door just, like, somewhere in the level. You'd walk up to it and be like, do you want to save? You'd click yes, go to save. And then you would walk through the door, close it, and a big, like, pop-up would go, saved. Okay. And it's just like, oh, you know how uh, when Cosmo and Wana, like, they do their thing and it says wish, it's like, just, poof. Yeah, it says it poof, poof in yeah. the, like, golden star thing. That's what it did, but was saved. That's awesome, yeah. actually. So, overall, while this game did have the nostalgia feeling and all that, the controls did not age well, unfortunately, and the repetition of the voice long uh, voice lines along with the iffy platforming, especially when compared to platformers of when this game was out, like Crash Bandicoot and stuff like that. 
Gotta say a 6.5 out of 10. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I actually... I'm going to go back. I'm going to lower it also to a 6.5. Okay. Like, I liked it. It was a good story. And it's just... You have to be paying attention. Yeah. And it's it's hard to do if you're trying to read it and you have the attention span like I do. Yeah. And I will say it again. I have ADHD, guys. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is everywhere and nowhere at the same time every day. I do highly recommend that if you do have this game or you see it around, I suggest playing uh, picking it up for the nostalgia reasons. Absolutely. I might also suggest you try playing it a little I, bit. I may. Yeah, I so. may do it because I just I love Fairly Odd Parents. Cosmo and Wanda are like I love them so much yeah. and I wanted them to be my friends. Yeah. And Cosmo just he made my life yeah. most of the time. Yeah, so. true. We're two halves of a whole idiot. We're two halves of a whole idiot. It's actually our podcast. It's two halves of a whole Whole idiot. idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, with that, I guess we'll end it there. But first, make sure you follow our Twitter. At Turn and Mash Pod. Follow our Instagram. At Page and Buttons Podcast. You can email us. At Page and Buttons Podcast at gmail.com. Please send us your Everything. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what the last thing you ate, because I could probably remake it. I want to know any. What your mother's maiden name is? What you? No, I do. Spooky season is upon us. It is already spooky season. It's pre-October, as Morbid would say. Give me your spooky stories, though. We can. I can scare the absolute pants off of Tyler. No, he doesn't like to wear pants, so it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) (laughs) For calling me out. Anyway, uh, you can join our Facebook group. Uh, Page Turners and Button Mashers Podcast. You can subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Page and Buttons Podcast. Which, remember, guys, we are going to try our best to watch a movie regarding any game or book that has been put into movies. Among many other things, we are uploading very often on that on what we put up there so yes be yeah just be on be on the lookout be ready and uh make sure you rate us where you can rate our podcast please do because it helps people find us and if you like it just be like yeah i liked it tell your friends (laughs) tell your friends tell your mother i think that's it isn't it I think. Did I miss anything? Nope, you did not. You actually got everything. Woo! (laughs) Whoa, keep on... Turning those pages. And mashing those buttons. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.